News journalists and editors are constantly assessing which images and sounds should make it to our eyes and ears, especially around war and conflict. And generally, they're trying to balance the value of those scenes to public understanding with the potential impact on us. As the Israel-Gaza war flares up and fighting continues in Ukraine, graphic scenes have been popping into many of our social media feeds too, without any editorial oversight, and that can leave you feeling a bit shell-shocked. How can we take care of ourselves around our news consumption or if we've seen something terrible? Georgie Harmon's with us today, the CEO of Beyond Blue. Georgie, welcome. Thank you. Morning. And Dr. Alexandra Wake is Programs Manager for Journalism at RMIT. Alexandra, great to have you with us. Lovely to be here. Uh, Georgie, why can we experience trauma at seeing images of graphic violence like this, particularly when it's so distant from us geographically and, and perhaps personally as well? Yeah, look, it's, that's a great question. And, and look, there's loads of research that suggests a relationship between um, exposure to distressing events and images, especially if that's repeated and relentless, um, and our mental health. So, uh, you know, and I think there's an immediacy to the events, um, as you said in your introduction, social media is just serving this stuff up to us all the time. Algorithms are working furiously behind the scenes. Uh, and that's that's a relatively new phenomenon. So in a general sense, exposure to harrowing graphic detail and ongoing exposure to that can actually be really distressing. Um, but then there's a couple of particular issues. Um, there will be people who have lived through a conflict and war here in Australia, and that they'll be particularly impacted by what they're seeing or hearing. And then I think that relentlessness of the 24-hour news cycle um, can actually keep us hyper-vigilant and make the world seem like a really dark and dangerous place. Well, you mentioned the the ongoing impact, and I guess some people might assume that, you know, if you switch off and go out into the garden, then it's fine. What kind of cumulative impact can we see? Yeah, look, I think what we, what we see from the research is, and, and obviously our discussions with people through our services, is that um, when when you... These things can linger, um, especially if, if you're exposed to, to them at an unhealthy level. So people, um, you know, experience increased feelings of anger, despair, anxiety, helplessness, hopelessness. Um, changes about our belief in the world can actually change, and that can be very distressing. Um, people can recall distressing images in particular, especially when they least expect it. Um, and that can lead to things like loss of sleep, or poor sleep, loss of appetite, withdrawal, a sense of doom, um, and a sense of hopelessness and helplessness. And as, as humans, you know, we're, we're naturally hardwired to, to, to kind of protect ourselves. So, you know, our body actually, as well as our mind, sort of reacts to these things. So, you know, we, our advice to people is to be, to be really mindful and, and to be the boss of your phone, if you like, to curate, um, to curate the settings to switch off um, if you are experiencing those sort of flashbacks where you can't stop thinking about it, you're ruminating about it. And, and ask yourself, is this mentally healthy for me to watch or listen to or read? And we're hoping today to uh, draw some lessons from the, the news arena because this is something that employers have had to think about a lot, haven't they, Alexandra? There have been court cases warning employers that they need to manage the impact on staff. What has been the impact on people who, who work in this field and are repeatedly exposed to these graphic images? It can be absolutely horrific to those who have to deal with it day in, day out and for, you know, for an entire shift without a break. Um, and 
that's certainly something that we have been um, aware of for quite some time. There's been a couple of court cases here in Victoria, um, one in particular where they actually found against the Age newspaper for um, allowing someone to be repeatedly exposed to traumatic events. And even though she was complaining and saying, I want taken off the the crime desk out of the courts, um, they kept her there and ultimately did... um, you know, horrific damage to her and she was unable to continue to to work as a news professional. But I I would say, and I absolutely, you know, the repeated trauma, um, you know, and watching images over and over again is, is, is a terrible thing. But there is also value in engaging in news content and while I'm absolutely agreeing of being the boss of your phone and, in fact, you know, kind of thinking that we need to get rid of social media off all our devices and just go back to watching broadcast news at the 7 o'clock on the ABC or listening to the, to the radio um, or on SBS to actually um, engage with these stories. And I think a lot of people forget that the world isn't actually as dangerous as as dangerous as it once was, as for your conflicts. I'm not saying for one moment that what's going on in the Middle East and in Ukraine at the moment isn't absolutely horrific. I absolutely get that. But if you think about, you know, all the good things in the world, there's a lot of also wonderful stuff going on. And I do think that we need to engage with the news and actually realise that um, we need to be informed. We need to know what's happening. It's only through... Um, news bulletins that we can find out and do something about it. You know, get our governments to do something, take action. What are healthy ways to engage? Are you saying rather than just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling and stopping at images uh, to kind of get little snippets of what's going on in the world, we might stop and actually read the whole story? Uh, Look, I don't think that engaging with news on a phone is actually very good for any of us, to be honest. I do think that um, turning on to a news service where there have been trained journalists who have actually curating it, who've actually made decisions about what should and shouldn't be shown, have actually checked out whether or not those images are true, have verified it, um, aren't just repeating, um, you know, uh, rumours. Um, which is why I actually like a good curated news bulletin, the 7pm news or the 6pm news, those those big ones um, on the TV, rather than 24-hour rolling news. Um, it's even really different, isn't it, like opening a physical newspaper to scrolling through that same newspaper's online site. It's a different curation. It absolutely is. And a newspaper, um, the lovely thing about a, um, a paper newspaper is that the editors actually make decisions about what you should be looking at and in which order you should be reading things by their by their placement on the on the page you know 30 years ago when I started in in news when we were making decisions about which photograph of you know a bushfire or a horrific event um, a shooting to put on the front page the editors would often say which one do you think and it would always be the one that was the furthest away Um, and you can't sort of scroll in and and go into the the really horrific details when it's when it's a print and a paper so you know those old-fashioned media um, as we call them, uh, are, are still a wonderful thing. Georgie, we're speaking with Dr Alexandra Wake, who's Programs Manager for Journalism at RMIT, and Georgie Harmon, who's the CEO of Beyond Blue. Listening to Alexandra there, Georgie, is part of the mm. problem that at the moment that these images are appearing on the platform that I usually go to for dad jokes and, you know, celebrity news? It's, it's cropping up in my fun place. Yeah, look, absolutely. And, and I just want to say I, I absolutely agree with Alex um, that a, a news blackout is actually really helpful. It's, it's about how we 
as much as we can, um, stay in control and find that balance. Um, you know, the important thing here is balance. So, you know, the doom scrolling is really unhelpful. Um, and, and again, being really conscious if this is on social media, because not everybody buys a paper these days. Um, and, you know, you might be making the kids dinner at seven o'clock for the, for the news village. I totally agree with Alex, but, you know, the reality of our daily lives means that we are consuming media in very different ways these days. So being aware that those social media algorithms will feed you more content information and, and information. So, you know, be really conscious of where you are uh, finding your news and, and looking at those images. And the other thing around social media is, you know, the emotions run very high and the engagement in online arguments and trying to change someone's mind is often very, you know, compounds the distress that we feel. So, you know, try not to engage in those online arguments. I think we're often unlikely to change people's minds. Georgie, everyone has different thresholds too, don't they, for what they can withstand at different times. Is it easy Absolutely. to tell when you might be approaching a point of of becoming traumatised? Are there warning signs? Yeah, look, and again, a lot of it comes back to our experience as people, what's happened to us in our past, what's happened to our families. Do we actually have loved ones over in the Middle East right now, you know? Um, so I think the, the things to look out for is, you know, are you feeling more agitated? Is your mood dropping and staying low for a, a consistent period, maybe a week or more? Um, you know, are you stopping, find, are you finding that things that normally bring you joy are actually not bringing you any joy anymore? Do you have a short fuse? Are you snapping at people? Are you finding yourself over playing over images in your mind and, and again, having difficulty switching off and sleeping? Um, and, you know, be really mindful of your past. You know, is this going to re-traumatise you? Is this going to be healthy for you? Is this going to be mentally healthy for you? Mm. Is it going to evoke um, Is it going to evoke memories of your own first-hand experiences? And if you're finding those things happening to you, um, my strong advice is to talk to people about it. It might be your loved ones. It might be your, your, your work colleagues. It might be your, your, your friends. But also pick up the phone to be on blue. That's what we're here for. You know, you don't need a diagnosis. It can often help just to hear a stranger say, you know what, it's going to be okay. Talk to me about what you're feeling. Let me give you some really practical tips and strategies. But let's just talk it through. And I'll give that number out. It's one three hundred double two four six three six. That's the Beyond Blue support service. One three hundred double two four six three six. I'll give it out again at the end of this discussion. But some of these texts are, are right on the money with the things that you and Alexandra have been saying. Uh, this one's interesting. No one forces anyone to watch the news. Turn it off if you don't want to look. Which is in counterpoint to this one. The need for communities to know about global inequity and suffering is a moral obligation of any civilized person and society and on some of the specific things happening now my family in Israel says Robin continue to post videos in private family WhatsApp groups I look at the group chat once or twice a day and often choose not to look at videos I also only look at the news in the morning because of the repetitive nature Meg says uh, not physical violence but for my mental health I did a news blackout from Saturday afternoon to Monday night this week that's around the referendum I'm assuming and this one, Amanda says there should be advanced warnings of graphic violence on TV and radio, and at the end there should be numbers to call for support, as when suicide is mentioned. We may want to listen to other news, says Amanda, so I need to know when to switch off before violence assails us. That's something we do try and do here at the ABC, Amanda, rest assured. 
Uh, Alex, are there lessons we can take from the newsroom about how to keep healthy in the face of content like this? I imagine there's pr- protective strategies that uh, editors and employers are, are actioning right now. Um, absolutely. Some employers are certainly better than others. And I, I do want to actually call out the ABC as, is one of the better ones. Um, so well done. One of the things the ABC does that I would like to see more um, news organisations is have a peer support program, which means that not a boss coming to you and saying, hey, you, you're off the rails this week, um, but uh, a peer actually, you know, calling you after you've been covering um, a traumatic event and sort of saying, checking in on you and actually, you know, having a coffee in a way that is uh, friendly. Um, and those people are actually trained. Um, it's not something that all news organisations have done, but I do think that that's a really healthy um, way of, of dealing with it. It's it's a really different conversation to the boss saying, I think, you know, something's going wrong here. And you go, act- no, I'm fine. I'm doing my job fine. <laughs> you know, and I, I mean, I only recently had a, um, you know, a long-term friend say to me, you know, uh, that, that they were looking at the way I was behaving just in, you know, in, in a university setting. And they were saying, I think you're burnt out. And it was really interesting when, when someone says that to you who's known you for a long while, who's not your boss and not a colleague, but someone else. And you're like going, oh my goodness, I didn't see that myself. And I'm trained in all of this. And it's like that, you know, the frog in the, in the water that's getting warmer and warmer and warmer, you don't notice. But someone on the sidelines can actually can actually see that um, possibly before you can and actually, you know, tell you to, we're really trying to normalise just talking about it, saying we've had a problem and telling people we've we've gone and got help doesn't mean, you know, you sideline forever. But, you know, on those days when you're not feeling strong, tell someone, you know, mm. do it another day. You don't have to you don't have to do these traumatic stories every single day of the week. It's good to see also employers starting to understand the benefits of just wider healthy lifestyles and making some efforts to let employees implement and maintain them. Just before we finish up, I'm wondering about your perspectives on the responsibility that social media networks have here. I'd like to see far more um, use of AI um, to actually get rid of some of that horrific um, and unverified content. Um, Particularly in the Middle East, um, we've seen some absolutely horrific um, material on social media that should not be there. Um, A lot of it's not been true. Um, It just, you know, it's so easy to use technology to get rid of that kind of content. Um, and in these kinds of periods, as I say, you know, turn off your phone and you know, if you want to know, turn on to a trusted news source. And Georgie, your final thoughts on that? Yeah, look, I, I agree. I think, you know, these platforms have a responsibility on their platforms. It's it's there. It's, you know, we're, we're operating in their houses to be really have great strategies in place and policies around harmful and discriminating content. It is so, you know, it can really, really hurt people. It can really, really escalate distress and it can lead to a sense of hopelessness and helplessness that can be very dangerous to people. Um, Your point around peer support is a really good one. In addition to our support service, um, we've also got a peer support online forum. So if you jump on our website, beyondblue.org.au, it's very safe. It's very moderated. Uh, It's moderated 24 hours. And it's just people coming together who are to share their experiences and to support one another. And it is very effective. We've got around a million people that use it a year. It's completely anonymous. So you can just go on and chat with someone um, and, you know, get, get some support from others like you.
And I'll give out that phone number for support as well, the Beyond Blue Support Service, 1300 224636. Dr Alexandra Wake uh, from RMIT, Programs Manager for Journalism at RMIT, and Georgie Harmon, CEO of Beyond Blue. Thank you both so much for coming in. You're welcome. Thank you. Getting in touch with ABC RN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.